Welcome to DocuTalks, a podcast about documentaries mostly from Netflix. Chelsea and Michelle may be from two different generations, but they both share a passion for talks of true crime, murder, and documentaries with flair. Join these chatty bitches while they dish the latest hot documentary on DocuTalks. Just a warning, we talk about adult content. Um, Chelsea in particular likes to use explicit language and just a trigger warning about animal abuse. So I'm Michelle. And I'm Chelsea, the one with the foul mouth, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to put that out there. Um, so we do have a correction from a previous episode. So we just like to take a moment to make a correction um, from episode two. Uh, we used the wrong pronoun when we were talking about Joe's staff member, Saf. Uh, we learned that she actually identifies by using he or him. So definitely want to apologize for misusing the pronouns. If I had better editing skills, I'd go back and change it, but I don't. So I just want to put out an apology, or make that very clear. We didn't mean to do that. So sorry about that. Okay, so memes. Chelsea, do you want to do your meme first? Yes. Okay, so my meme today is the King of the Hill meme. It's the crossover episode of Tiger King and King of the Hill. And I love it. It has all the characters that were in King of the Hill standing in front of the fence, and but it's them as a Joe Exotic character. And I grew up watching King of the Hill. It was just one of those things that was on TV, and I think it's hysterical. So when I saw that crossover, for me, I was just like, yes, that's the crossover we need. And also, it's just too real. They could easily be those characters. (laughs) I remember you loved King of the Hill. Yeah, I don't know why, but I I just did. (laughs) Still do. (laughs) My favorite meme is Stefan from Saturday Night Live. He's on the news portion. So it shows a picture of him. And he says, Tiger King has everything. Tigers, lions, murder, a gay redneck thruple, a one-armed lesbian, alligator arson, mullets, pizza made from expired Walmart meat, a zoo-based sex cult, a crazy cat lady, and country songs about tigers and gay love. There you go. It's got everything you need in it. It's got things you didn't know you needed. (laughs) that's so true too eh? we're doing episode five I thought this episode was kind of interesting because we really now start to see Joe unwinding and really not coping well at all and it's very sad to see what happens with his relationships and also just again Joe's crazy story in general and I certainly was not expecting to hear that he ran for president I didn't know about that I was so shocked as well. First of all, there was part of me and I was like, what? And then the other part of me was like, well, it's Joe. Of course he's going to do this. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who is shocked. We Canadians do have trouble understanding how these elections work. How? How can he just run for president? Anyways, I thought this episode was quite tragic. And like Michelle said, you can really see that Joe is just losing it. It felt like there was so much going on. There's so many moving pieces. I feel like I say that it's every time we do our podcasts that there's lots of moving pieces in the episode, but 
it is getting a bit tricky. I've watched these episodes more than once, and sometimes I'm like, how did I miss that the first time around? So there is a lot going on. And yes, I did find it really hard to watch it. I had to pause at certain points and be like, oh, let it digest. So yeah, yeah. some difficult parts of this one, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But then also some like really crazy, crazy things. It was just a really big up down roller coaster. So that is for sure. Yeah, so we're going to just go right in and dive in and talk about Joe's love life. It's quite evident from this episode the extent of how controlling Joe is with his partners. So he keeps them virtually isolated on his compound and he plies them with gifts and drugs to keep them, for lack of a better word, like contented and, and more responsive to his affections, I feel. There's a lot of discussion in this episode about how neither Travis or John were gay or how they were not actually interested in Joe at all, which I have to say, I definitely think that John loved Joe or had some feelings for Joe in some way. And I think that they were in a consensual relationship of some sort. Like, look at the tattoos that man has all over his body. You can't tell me that he didn't mark himself up in that way because Joe told him to, or he felt like he had to. Like, I feel that... As much as he says he's always been with women, so what? You could be bi. That can happen. I think he's maybe feeling shame about his relationship with Joe because of what how it unfolded. And that's why he's kind of trying to be like, oh, no, I was never gay. I don't know. There's something going on there. Um, what do you think, listeners, about that whole situation? Do you agree with me that John really did have true feelings for Joe or am I just crazy I know Michelle and I have talked at great length about this yes yeah I think John cared about Joe Mm -hmm. I don't think he was necessarily coerced into a relationship you know whether it was a relationship of kind of convenience or whatever but I do think he had feelings for him I don't get the impression he didn't from listening to his interviews I agree. And you can kind of see it in the earlier videos and especially the way he talks about Joe and with the addition of Travis. Like, I think he was sad about that. He kind of seemed like it hurt him to have to share Joe or that Joe was looking in other places. It didn't really strike me as someone who was happy to have him gone and, you know, someone else to Mm -hmm. take the brunt of his affection. However, when it comes to Travis, I really think that Travis was doing what he had to to live the lifestyle he wanted to live through Joe. Like, it's quite obvious in the recordings to me that Travis was really unhappy, and he did often look like he was under the influence of something. In this episode, Joe admits to using meth and drugs and lots of alcohol, and, like, for me, I'm like, thank you, finally! Got that out in the open. Were we going to pretend that wasn't going on? Have you seen John's teeth? (laughs) Yeah, I thought they were going to pretend the whole time that none of that was going on because Joe made it sound like, oh, these people come to the park and yes, they had addictions and things like that, but they come to the park and that's all done and over with and they're all living their best lives at the park. No way, they're cooking meth in one of the trailers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So definitely was under the influence and I can see how he could easily have been lured by a much older man who's leading this insane lifestyle. 
you know, there's a little bit of something I don't necessarily want to do, but then I get this really cool lifestyle. And the videos with them, you can tell Travis is not into it at all. What do you think, Michelle? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, John, they really had a relationship. But honestly, I think Travis just looks so addicted the whole time. And I think he just enjoyed the perks of being with Joe. So yeah, I, I think it was a lot more of a, you know, transactional relationship. You're going to supply me with the things I want, in particular drugs, living on the zoo and getting things I want. And so I'll pretend to be your boyfriend, but not really that into him. He's just sort of putting up to, with it to get what he wants. I don't think it's much different than women who have addictions. You know, I've worked with lots of women with addictions. They live with their boyfriends, so-called boyfriends. But really, those boyfriends supply them with a place to live, with food, with drugs. But they're also very controlling. And it's a way of a woman having a roof over her head and getting what she needs. But she also has to provide him with sex and whatever else she needs. I remember I worked with one lady who had an addiction and she said to me, any woman who tells you that she didn't sleep with a man to get money to supply her drug habit is lying. And I thought, yeah, and it's all how you want to view it. It's not just the, you know, the sex worker on the street. It's people who are in these really abusive relationships, but they stay in them because they need them for finances. I must say I was very shocked, though, to hear that John ends up getting the secretary of the zoo pregnant. Yeah, and just the fact that Joe let that go on under his roof. How would Joe not know? Yes, because he's filming everything. And the whole camp, it's mentioned in this article, in this article, in this, in this episode, that the whole compound is wired. There's only a few dark zones. It's all wired for sound, for TV. There was no sneaking around. And she's been a part of that facility for years. I just can't believe that that went on. I... I'm surprised Joe didn't know, or did Joe know and he just turned a blind eye to it as long as he could keep them happy and they stayed with him. He's like, okay, if they want to have a bit on the side, then fine. But as long as they're still technically with me, it's okay. But for me, uh, Joe mentions in that episode how them cheating on a woman is just something he can't deal with because he can't compete. So I just can't see him not losing his absolute shit over that and not absolutely burning something down you know I can't see him just being like okay I'll let him have this girl for now but he's still mine like no I it really didn't seem like he'd be okay with that I'm dying to know what listeners think about this me too to say I I kept thinking about um the sugar daddy sugar baby relationships With Travis, it is one of those, you know, very kind of similar to these women who put themselves in positions where they are having these interactions for money. And, you know, no shame in that game, girl, get it. And same with Travis. Like what you were saying, we often like to forget the dark side of relationships. And we like to quickly blame women for just, you know, being sex workers or having no self-respect, things like that. And we never really talk about the male aspect of that so that was really good of you to bring up that yeah it's a it's just an interesting way to compare it it is I'm dying to know what listeners think about that do do the listeners think that Joe knew and he just turned a blind eye 
or did they think that John and, and I believe it was Amber were able to keep this secret? I was actually quite shocked by that. I could see that John did have feelings. So I was like, what? You got some girl pregnant? And it's a double betrayal to Joe because it's a staff 100%. member that apparently had been there almost since the beginning of the zoo. Somebody he obviously must have known well. And so she betrayed him by cheating with his husband and his husband betrayed him by cheating with her on, on him. So mm-hmm. yeah, difficult. Yes. And so within this episode, we really see what happens with Travis. And when I was watching it the second time, I'm not going to lie. I had to fast forward because Travis uh, ends up killing himself on video. He shot himself in front of, One of the workers, Josh, so Travis is off camera, so you can't really see him, but you can hear and see the bang. And then you see Josh's face. And my heart went out to Josh. Like, that was such a horrific experience. I couldn't imagine. And it's very clear leading up that Travis is deeply unhappy and deeply troubled. I knew something bad was going to happen or something had happened because I noticed that they had no interviews, like no current interviews with Travis which had me wondering from the beginning what happened to him like maybe he was very spurned by what happened with Joe and took off and they couldn't find him or I was wondering if maybe there had been an accident like after what happened with staff with Saf I was wondering like oh maybe there had been an accident on the park but I definitely didn't think that he had committed suicide maybe OD'd but not committing suicide I he was so young It was shocking. I was not expecting this at all. Maybe I just wasn't even thinking about the fact that we hadn't really seen Travis in updated interview. I I hadn't even thought about it. And then when I saw this, I'm like, what? I think I was just as shocked as Josh almost. I, I had the same kind of reaction. And it was just so tragic. And I don't know, like, did he try to kill himself? Because Josh was saying that he was always playing with guns and said to Travis, don't point the gun at me. And Travis said, it's not loaded. I took the clip out, but there's still one in the chamber. We should all know that. I even know that. You hear that all the time on the TV shows. And he somebody was into the guns. And then he put the gun up to his head, like as if, see, and shot himself. But then they have that scene where he's saying he's smoking his last cigarette before he dies. I don't know where that came from, but... I just don't understand if he really truly intended to do it or not. I think that there's definitely something there. I think he was suicidal or at least in a position where he was really playing devil's advocate with his own life. He was really deep into the drugs. He was doing dangerous things, putting himself in these dangerous situations. He's almost wanting it to happen to him. Like he's wanting to die, but he doesn't, not at his own hand, if that makes sense. See what you're saying, yeah. Like when you walk into traffic and you just hope you get hit. Yeah, I just, so deeply. It's hard to believe it would be truly just an accident. No, I don't think it was. I think he wanted to die, and it just, like, because he knew what he was doing. Like you said, he knew guns. He had blown enough shit up. He knew what he was doing. And, and who knows like, how stoned he was at the time either, right? Which is the the saddest part to me, is, like, obviously this boy, like, I don't even want to call him a man, honestly. He's so young. Yeah. He is under the influence 24-7. He's lost control. He's in this horrible situation where, you know, he's, 
thought he wanted this lifestyle and now like he maybe didn't. And really, what escape did he have? Maybe he felt like he couldn't get away from the zoo or he couldn't get away from Joe. Like he was very vulnerable. He was definitely vulnerable. And I can't even imagine the impact on everybody that worked there and how absolutely awful this was. And then we see his funeral, which, of course, Joe makes it all about him, points out the age difference and that Travis said that he was here to make Joe happy. And then Joe sings, I put that very loosely, his song, which I think is lip syncing. But what was interesting is Travis's mother was at the funeral. Oh, boy, I thought she looked kind of out of it at the funeral myself but that was probably mm-hmm. her way of coping I don't know if she had an addiction issue but I mean I probably would have been drunk at the funeral myself too and I can't imagine how much anger she would have had towards Joe from this whole experience I thought the relationship with the mother and Travis was quite strange and I don't know if that's just because you know, we all have different relationships with our families, but for her to just, oh, you know, he was doing these things. And I, I just, what can you do? Like Joe was older than me. And I'm just like, you knew that your son was in a dangerous relationship where someone was much older than him, like taking advantage of him. And you never thought to talk to your son about it or to reach out or you just kind of let it happen. And I bet she probably feels a lot of guilt about that but it is it is tricky like when somebody is an adult you know I don't have any children so I have no idea (laughs) you don't either Michelle so we're just guessing here but I I do feel like you know up until a certain point you your parents should guide you but you know you do have to make your own mistakes and maybe she was just hoping that would be one of them or a life lesson she probably was she's probably hoping you know he's young he's not going to stay with this guy for long It'll fizzle out, but, you know, you don't expect it to end like this. And it did seem like she was a big part of the zoo. Like, the, there was videos, I think, where he talks about his mother-in-law. Do we know Yeah. Um, if that was that Travis's mom? Yeah. So she knew what was going on. Like, that, to me, is even more shocking because if she was an outside player and, like, really cut off from that world, like, she has no idea how bad it is. But to be in the zoo and see what's going on every day and still not think that this is yeah. a really, really messed up situation and she needs to get her son out. I don't know. Those cults. Exactly. She probably got sucked into the cult like everybody else. I thought the memorial at the park was quite nice. I found it kind of strange that it was made by a local biker club. Like, why wouldn't have Joe made it himself? I think he was saying he was going to, but then they wanted to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was a bit strange. He turned this whole thing into the Joe show. It was stomach churning. I had to fast forward through the funeral as well because I was just, I can't take that for a second time. It was so disgusting and so narcissistic. And then Joe, you know, he just does the typical Joe thing, gets right back on the horse again or the tiger. And he finds a new guy, Dylan, in a chat room. Did they still have chat rooms in like 2015? What's going on? Like, I would have understood. He was like, I found him on Tinder. And so they get married two months after Travis died. I think it just shows that to Joe, this isn't about love at all. It's uh, really just backs up how desperate Joe is and how much he is being controlled by his own trauma 
I found it just disgusting that he obviously needs to be in a position where he's controlling his partner or has an upper hand. And you see in a lot of his relationships with his staff in particular, it's just another one of his King of the Misfit tropes, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think part of the reason he goes for these younger guys is because it's easier to control them. But I also think it also just makes him feel better to think, oh, look at me with this hot young guy. To get married so quickly after his husband has passed away, I mean, he's lost both of them, right? I just don't understand how you would want to get remarried so quickly. I think if my husband died, if something would have happened to him, well, I don't know if I'd ever get remarried, but I certainly wouldn't be getting remarried that soon. It would take me a long time to even get over the fact he's gone. I 100% agree with you, Michelle, but then we see it all the time, especially in older men that as soon as a relationship ends, like they're jumping right back on the horse. They're getting right back into it. I don't understand, but you definitely see it. Like, well, I think it's a lot of people who just can't be alone. Yeah. I knew a guy who, I don't know, probably since he was 14, has probably never been single more than three months he's always dating somebody even though he was married and got divorced he always has somebody you know he just can't be by himself and I think men are bad that way I guess I'm generalizing it a bit but I just find it interesting that you can end one relationship and start another one so quickly Mm -hmm. and I think it, it really does just speak to that trauma Joe is obviously a very broken person and he is looking for others to just distract and keep him from thinking about that. You know, you think this episode can't get any crazier. And then all of a sudden, Joe decides to run for president. Why not? Why not? You know, I'm not going to get political here. I want to, but I won't. But I also don't understand. I was very shocked. I'm just like, how can you run for president? Don't you need to be a politician? This is where my Canadian's showing. I was very confused. How was he able to run for president without being an elected official or elected governor? Can you help clear this up, listeners? Because I have no idea. <laughs> Were you as confused as I? Michelle, any idea? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I think you can run as an independent in the States. You don't even have to have a political background or party or anything it's strange to me I'm gonna play devil's advocate here I do have to say it would be refreshing to have someone alternative liberal and gay to run but not someone like Joe Exotic like that's just taking it too far he got heaps of media attention from this because it was such a crazy venture on his part so of course people are going to take the piss and just you know have fun with it Oh my God, that interview with that guy. I don't know who was interviewing him, but he looked familiar. And they were both dressed up in those matching glitter outfits. What was going on with that? I I don't even know. I, I don't know if that was some special event or what it was. I don't know. But I mean, I'm not surprised that Joe had an ego big enough to think he could run for oh, president and sure. actually win. Right. I I mean, I'm not surprised about that because he just seems pretty high on himself. Found it interesting that he got his campaign manager, Josh, from Walmart. How did Joe decide this was the guy to be his campaign manager? And even Josh was like, this was my dream job. And I'm thinking your dream job. 
but you were working at Walmart, wouldn't you be doing something different if that was what your aspiration was? But, you know, it seemed like he didn't do too bad of a job considering everything he was up against. I don't know what the point was of giving out the uh, campaign condoms, but uh, that was kind of interesting. (laughs) Oh, I'm curious if any listeners remember about this time. I'd love it if somebody actually had like memorabilia from when he was running. Yes, and when he was on the John Oliver, was it John Oliver? Yeah, I think it was John Oliver. How did I miss that? (laughs) Yeah, I lived Uh, abroad then. Maybe. Well, yeah. No, I was in Canada then, but I don't know. I don't tend to watch politics or stuff, so I probably totally miss it. But so he didn't have a chance at president, so he decided to go for governor. I thought it was interesting, as just said. That basically Joe didn't have any campaign stands other than getting rid of the Big Cat Safety Act. All of his platform was basically Josh's platform. I don't even know if Joe even knew what his platform was, but basically Josh just put whatever his thoughts were in there. What an honest to God hot mess. Just a trip down Joe's ego filled rabbit hole. He was very unstable during this time and he mentioned a lot of drug and alcohol abuse not shocked there whatsoever there had to be something i'm like you don't be joe exotic without something fueling that yeah so he probably got this bright idea during a meth-fueled binge why not Uh run for governor why not run for president i'm gonna take over the world yeah who knows where it came from the issue was i think that joe thought also that this would help save the zoo he'd get a lot of publicity I guess for his zoo but when you hear Eric and staff talk about it they said that Joe actually neglected the zoo at this time so Saf he said the whole dynamic of the zoo changed when this happened because Jeff came along and both Joe and Jeff want to be the stars of the show but they weren't it should really be the animals I think it showed that Joe didn't really care as much about the animals as He's always trying to make himself out to be, which we've talked about a few times. And the staff also talked about his horrible mood swings at the time, which also makes you wonder if he was using quite heavily. I don't know the whole timeline of how all this stuff put together. Travis and John had gone and this is the mood swings or was it the political campaign went awry or what happened? I'm not too sure. It's sad to see that the zoo got neglected during this time. And this was following the previous episode where, you know, we're just talking about how he's bleeding money and he has no money for the zoos. It's a bad thing for Joe. Like the zoo has turned into a negative. So of course he's going to neglect it. In my mind, the zoo was no longer bringing him joy. He Maria condoed the zoo. Wasn't bringing him joy anymore. And then I don't know where all the money came from for the political campaign. I'm sure it came from the zoo. And then that's why the animals end up getting neglected. I think we need to maybe sit down and make a map, figure this out, Yeah. do a timeline for listeners. So, Jeff, oh, Uh, Jeff, you disgusting slime bag, you. He's just so creepy. I honestly hate watching his interviews, like, Mm vomit-inducing. So he fired half the staff at this time, too. So we've got Joe, who doesn't really give a rat's ass about the zoo right now but then we also have Jeff who doesn't really care about the zoo right now like neither of them want to do any work for the zoo and they've got all these animals and then he fires half the staff who's looking 
after these animals if you're firing everyone and you don't want to get your hands dirty and shovel shit. No. So then Jeff hires this Allen fellow who was in prison and had a very similar background to the others in the zoo. He was shady man. Yeah. And it's interesting, though, what I found was that he hired Alan, who had a very similar background to a lot of the other people that worked at the zoo. Yeah. Right? So it's interesting to me that that's who he brought along and that's who he has involved with him when he's this kind of rich guy that was coming to save the zoo. They sort of gave Alan's background and how he's worked for Jeff for years. I thought that seems a bit interesting. Jeff is totally like a fraud. Are you kidding me? It's not even shocking that he's pulled out this freaking con man from his back pocket. And then they find out they need more money. So I guess Jeff didn't have enough money. Now comes along this investor, James. This guy, James, seems strange to me, too. Right. But he's done everything. He's done everything under the sun. He's done all kinds of jobs. He's owned strip clubs. He's owned bars. He's owned restaurants. I don't know where all the money is coming for this kind of stuff. But they conned James into giving them $14,000 for a pizza restaurant. And then they open up a pizza restaurant with the Walmart meat. (laughs) (laughs) I was Oh my gosh, I just couldn't even. And when he was getting everyone to eat the pizza, I was just like, no. Yeah. Oh no. And also, James had been buying tiger cups since he was a child. Like, it was just so weird. I think that's how he knew everyone, is he had bought tiger cups from them. Shade attracts shade. Yeah. Oh, so weird. So he opened that freaking restaurant with the Walmart pizza. And I love, he's got the videos of all the staff eating and they're like, oh, it's so great. And then their videos and they're like, they're trying so hard to be like, yes, it's good. Oh, yes. Well, Eric liked it. Eric said it was good pizza. Eric didn't have high standards, Michelle. <laughs> I love Eric. I think he's great. He's one of my favorites. from King of the Hill. This is why I think that this is a secret crossover. 100%. He was on King of the Hill and he came to life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was just such a hot mess. Like, just when you think things can get more weird, they get weirder. Yeah. So, yeah, Jeff wanted to go out on his own and he'd had enough with the zoo, which, you know, goes to show that Jeff just was with the zoo because it was beneficial for him at the time. You know, like he needed a place to put his tigers because he probably couldn't feed them. And then it was no longer benefiting him. So he got a mansion in Vegas and he started that jungle bus. Yes. Oh, sell that jungle bus. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I feel like there's something he isn't telling us about that bus situation because he kept mentioning it and how horrible it was and how it was such a bad idea and a bad thing that happened. But he never went into details. The Mm -hmm. Nancy Drew and me was very disappointed. And in all honesty, I probably should have done some digging. Well, but I did some digging because I had to know. I was like, okay, I got to Google this. You know, I've, I've been purposely sort of not trying to look up too much on social media or on the internet because I want to kind of have our fresh views of things. But I had to find out about the party bus. So the, the jungle bus was shut down by the marshals because there was accusations of mistreatment of the animals. I guess quite a few of the animals were very thin 
and they were suffering from quite a variety of medical situations and illnesses. And the Humane Society also cited psychological trauma for the animals. So Jeff also charged admission at his home so that people could come see the animals. Mm -hmm. And so, and there was also illegal firearms. Okay. Yeah. So he ended up having some, uh, I think some charges actually from that. Yeah. So I do remember them mentioning that in the episode because they did mention the seizure of the Vegas mansion, I think, or at least of the animals in Vegas. And like, we've both been to Vegas multiple Mm -hmm. times. Never together, though. We need to change that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so for me, I was like, of course, there was a fucking animal bus, a jungle bus. Like, I'm like, what a Vegas thing to do. Yeah. Of course. For me, it, I wasn't shocked. Yeah, it is very Vegas-like. If people have never been to Vegas, you got to go to Vegas at least once. I know some people like to poo-poo it. You know, some people who would never go there. But honestly, to me, Vegas is like an adult Disneyland. I think it's just crazy. And you you just have to go once, even if it's for a few days, just to experience the strip and what goes on there. I'd love to go again. I know. It's so much fun. That's one of those things. I'm not a gambler. So, like, I didn't go to Vegas to do any of that. It was just, like, one of those things, like, why not? Go to Vegas, experience it. The shows are great. And, yeah, I'm not not shocked at all. And, like, the whole fact that he's basically got the sex ring going on where he's just bringing women in and then charging them money so they can pet cats and then banging them. I was like, yep, only in Vegas. So, in this episode... There is a very close call with Joe and a tiger attack. Yeah. Joe is, you know, filming his crazy campaigns, doing his Joe thing. And all of a sudden, so he's in his cage with lions and tigers and ligers and whatever. And it's sniffing his shoes a lot. And then it eventually drags him off. I was just like, it's happening. It's happening. Finally, (laughs) it's happening. (laughs) I'm a terrible person, guys. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> so Joe's hitting this time. Like, he's freaking out. He's getting dragged. You know, he's hitting him with his cane thing. And the tiger is, you know, then he has to shoot his gun. And he's threatening he's going to shoot the liger in, the, in between the eyes. And you can tell because it was first, it was just like one tiger that was on him. And there was a couple more in the cage. And they were minding their own business. But then, as soon as they realized this one tiger had something going on. They all got interested. All of a sudden, all the tigers, kind of, and ligers, whatever was in that cage, all the big cats in that cage were like, oh my god, I'm getting a piece of that. And I just can't believe he didn't die. How did something more not happen? I, I have to say, I was slightly disappointed that nothing came of it. I was actually expecting him to shoot one of the tigers. Me too! Even though he wears his guns for people, not for shooting his tigers, and he never shoot a tiger, he was pretty quick to get that gun out and shoot it off a couple of times. It just made me think that he probably has shot a tiger before like this. Very curious, do you think that he can go into the cage with these animals because they've been hand-reared? I assume they've all been hand-reared. I don't know. Or if it's just because they know him well, but and they don't really attack him other than this time that they obviously got interested in his shoes. But I'm curious about that. 
I know. I wonder what the listeners think. So I've done a bit of research about people owning their own big cats. And it's never to the extent of Joe. Like, they usually just have one or two. Because I just remember, like, Tippi Henderson having, they had a lion. And, like, they did this life photo shoot with the lion back in the 70s. And it was this big thing. And so, and they were very, like, it was very much like a pet. But they did only have, I think, a few animals. So I think if they're hand-reared or they're very much used to you, that, yes, you'd be able to come in and out without um, any big issues, but there were so many of them. Well, you know, the other thing is they have clips where, you know, Jeff has gone in there with the animals or other people are in there with the animals. With and the animals crew. Yeah, the animals don't seem to attack too easily. Mm-hmm. So I'm just surprised about that. Maybe they are just so desensitized to humans. So I have to say, I agree with Baskin because did this split clip to Baskin and she's in the kitchen and she's like, oh, you know, I thought it was quite weird that no one went in to help him because everyone's filming. There's all these people watching. Yep. Maybe they all wanted him to get eaten. I don't know. I did find it very strange. Like if I was in that situation where I was part of a film crew and somebody's very much distressed and in a position where they're getting attacked I would be trying to do something yeah do you think he was set up somebody put something on his shoes to get the tigers interested in him maybe I I have to say there had to be something because those tigers were really interested in his shoes and they've never been interested in his shoes before not saying that I don't necessarily say it was Carol Baskin I think it was more likely that it was someone within the compound it just goes to show they didn't really care that he was getting attacked and Joe had been getting crazy it wouldn't be the worst thing if Joe disappeared well I know him and Alan were having conflict right yeah so he was having conflict with everyone Michelle come on he was I I find it hard to believe somebody would set him up. Like, I think something might have just spilt on his boots or he stepped in something. Who knows? Like, they're wild animals. They could be picking up a scent from anything and just get interested in it. And I don't know if the tiger was so much wanting to attack him as trying to eat the boot, you know? Yeah. And did you notice when he was shooting off the guns that the big cats didn't really react? And I wonder, like, if they're just desensitized to all the shooting. Well, they kind of got startled a bit, but I was kind of surprised they didn't run. Like, my little Mickey, my little sensitive kitty cat that I have here, I'll tell you, if he would have heard that big of a noise, he would have been running up the stairs, under the bed, hiding under there for hours. He, You know, any little noise, he gets freaked out. He even gets freaked out if my husband, like, sneezes. If we're lying in bed and he, my husband sneezes, he gets up and runs under the bed. It's like it's just daddy sneezing. Yeah, so I can't imagine like a gunshot, but you're right. These tigers didn't seem to react too strongly to it. No, and he shot off his gun a few times. And like, yes, there was that initial, ooh, big noise. But then they were like, well, just going to keep going at it. Like it didn't really seem that wasn't the reason they stopped. 
You know, yeah. that didn't scare them enough to really end the situation because you see him like trying desperately to get away from them and get out of the cage and no one's helping him. Like no one's trying to distract the tigers. No one's trying to do anything. So I'm just wondering if they were like really desensitized because there's been a lot of shooting and bombing going on in that, that compound and they're just used to those noises by now. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think there's so much shooting and explosives out there cats must get used to that sound because I remember when we first started watching and they were talking about all the things they blew up I, I kept thinking in the back of my mind like doesn't it bother the cats I can't 100%. believe they're exploding all this stuff and they've got cats in this park that must be freaking them out yeah but like you said they just get used to it I know and it's so sad because that is something that they shouldn't have to get used to I, yeah, yeah. Again, it's not the focus. As much as they say it is, it isn't. No, it's definitely not. So then we're left with the little cliffhanger of the fact that they find a microphone. And obviously somebody's listening and we don't quite know who yet. So we'll probably find that out when we cover episode six. So I'm assuming this is going to give us an insight as to why Joe's in jail. Yeah, I'm really hoping. Although, you know... Joe could be in jail for anything at this point. Oh, like, could be anything. I'm, I'm not even surprised that he's in jail. When they first did a clip, I was like, oh, Joe? How's Joe in jail? What's going yeah. on? But now I'm like, well, how's Joe not in jail at this point? <laughs> I want to know, how did they know that wasn't their own microphone? He's got things everywhere. So I'm, I'm very intrigued about this microphone. Yeah, me too. Can't wait to find out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. So please subscribe and leave us a review. And you can find us on Instagram at docu underscore talk, and we'll post our memes up there. We're also on Twitter on docu underscore talk. Definitely put those in the show notes. So thank you very much, Chelsea. I'm looking forward to episode six. Me too, Michelle. Always a fun time. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.